Hey, this is David Perkins, pastor of Radiant Church. Thanks so much for checking out our podcast. I hope and I pray that the content helps you grow as a follower of Jesus. We'd love to see you at one of our services on Sundays or maybe at our Bold Conference this summer. Remember this, those who look to Him are radiant. you've got your Bibles, uh, let's go ahead and open them up. And I want to invite you to go 1 Peter chapter 2. And here's kind of where we're at. Uh, we spent uh, three weeks and 21 days of prayer where the big win of those 21 days was relationship with God. And so we were saying, let's spend time alone with Jesus every single day. And we gave each of you journals. And the big win going into the fall was we want to go deep in that relationship. And so uh, that was a, a great series. And then we stepped into this next one where we stepped out of that and into relationship with other people. And so this has been a series where we're working on relationships. And so our, our big win the first week was we talked about uh, love and we talked about loving one another, which is the most basic idea that we learned from Jesus, uh, yet the hardest to live. And uh, so, so we talked on love and I thought Nathan Dorensky did an amazing uh, job at preaching uh, on speaking life. Yeah. And uh, we've talked about being unoffended uh, and not taking offense uh, and so uh, some of you got offended at that sermon. And so, no, just kidding. And so uh, we talked about that. And, and today I want us to go uh, here in week four on this series about relationships into the subject of honor. And so uh, I want to talk about honoring each other, honoring one another. And so you could go lots of different directions with honor. Specifically, we could go honoring God. Um, I want to focus in on the idea of honoring one another. And so uh, Peter and Paul, I'm going to hit these two. Uh, Peter gives us a little bit. Paul gives us a little bit. There's a lot more, but I'm going to take these two, and then we're going to go after honor today. First Peter uh, chapter 2, verse 17, he says this. He says, honor everyone. <laughs> Stop there. No. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the emperor. And then Paul gives us a little bit here in Romans 12 where he says, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another. And he gives us this phrase, above yourselves. So taking Peter and Paul, we've got this idea, honor everyone and honor everyone above yourselves. That's easy to read, easy to memorize, really hard to live. Let's talk about it. Father, we love you. And God, we ask, Lord Jesus, that your word would be alive in our hearts, that we would know it in our minds, and we would live it each day. And God, we just, in our climate, in this culture right now, we just ask that you would help us to have a culture of honor. We pray, Lord Jesus, that in a time where it's popular to be dishonorable, that we would be honorable. We ask, Lord Jesus, in a time where it's easy to speak negatively, that we would speak life. God, in a time where it's easy to post <laughs> dishonor, would we post some honor? God, we ask that you would help us because this is challenging and we need your supernatural grace and help. We love you and we honor you. And everybody said amen. Uh, a friend of mine was, uh, he's a pastor and he was telling me last week he did a funeral and, uh, so very challenging funeral, very hard scenario, someone that died prematurely. And he was telling me about the pain of this funeral because, uh, this musician got up post the message and, and the musician got up and started cracking jokes in the middle of the funeral. And so here's my friend. And so he's leading this funeral and it's a, really a challenging situation and, another part of the country, and, and this guy gets up, and, and in an attempt, in an attempt to kind of have people kind of pay attention to him, 
where the attention was not to be on him, he started making some jokes. And so my pastor friend was talking about the challenge of that moment because he missed it. He, he, he wasn't ascribing the right level of honor, the right level of worth to the moment. I was thinking about a wedding that I experienced when I was a young adult. And it was these two young adults getting married. And I'll never forget just the dynamic where you had a very kind of sincere old school preacher and two kind of crazy young adults just kind of having fun, being silly. And it got a little bit intense because at one point, they had so many different pranks in the wedding. I mean, it was like, I mean, white out on the shoes. It was, it was the groomsmen having like a, like a lollipop ring uh, instead of a real ring that they passed to the groom so that then he didn't have the real ring. And it was just kind of like pranks throughout the whole thing. And, and then they got to the moment where the pastor said, you may now kiss your bride. And they just began to kiss for a long time. And it was more than you wanted to see. And uh, it got aggressive. And I'll just never forget where we're all just standing there in shock and awe that this is taking place in this little tiny church. Like, Lord, let it end. Oh, God, please let it stop. This is killing all of us. And then the pastor decided to just break them up. And he goes, that's enough, guys. <laughs> and he thought, this is off to a rough start. And, uh, and then the preacher gave him a little, little spontaneous sermon on honor. <laughs> and he started talking about this severity of this situation in this moment. This is a covenant with God and a covenant with each other. And this is a picture of what it looks like to have covenant before God. And so you guys got to honor this moment. And so in that moment, they're just not recognizing the worth, the value of the moment in the funeral, in the wedding that I described. And what we see there with dishonoring moments, it's easy for us to do with people. Where we don't ascribe worth value to people. And so here you've got Peter and you've got Paul talking about honoring and honoring everybody and putting others above yourself. So let me just give you this definition of honor. The worth one ascribes to a person. It's worth this idea of value. That's, that's what honor is. It's giving worth value to another. Dishonor is to treat as common or ordinary. So we're always making a decision in the people around us. Will we show them honor or dishonor? It's really that simple. Which one? Will we show them the value? Will we show them this worth? Or will we treat them as ordinary? And that's, a, that's interesting because I think for me, prior to studying this, I would think dishonor would be negative. But the idea of dishonor is just to treat as ordinary. Just not to give them the, the value and our dream is to give the value that God gives. And I was thinking about the idea of uh, this moment where Peter is talking and he says, even at the end there, where he says, honor the emperor. And that's pretty challenging, especially theologians kind of and scholars dis, are, are wrestling with who, who, who exactly could it have been at the time of the writing. And most think it's Nero. So Nero, the emperor who literally martyred Christians, I mean, put them on as Roman candles and lit them on fire at parties. Now you talk about a challenging time to honor the emperor. And here you've got this phrase from Peter. It's, it's give honor. So it's different than respect. Respect is earned. Honor is given. Honor is something that I, I, that I give. Honor is something that comes out of me. 
And so each one of us have constant choice. Will I honor others as we're told to here in the scripture? I mean, straight up command. Honor is commanded. We get this command from, I mean, God through Peter and Paul. They're writing it, honor others. And that's one that we want to disregard because of my, my rights and me and my thoughts and what I want. And after all, shouldn't I get? And, and here, just I want us as a community of faith to just look and say, what does it look like for you to be a person of honor? A lot of talk on how we can grow. If all of us will grow in the area, then we'll see a community of honor, a, a culture of honor, honor, a people of honor. But specifically today, I'd like to invite you to think about your life. Temptation here is to think about other people. If they would just honor me, you know what I'm saying? I mean, but I, I wanna invite you to think about what would it look like for you to grow in honor and think about the specific relationships around you. Because this honor everybody is what stuck with me this week. Honor all, honor everyone. It's easy to honor the people that I want to honor. It's really hard to honor the people that I don't want to honor. And so I want to title this message, Honor 360, because to honor everyone is to honor the people that are above you, that are your comrades or your peers, and to honor those below you, to honor all. Honor 360 degree, I want to honor in every direction. And, and, and the invitation that we have from God is to not treat people based upon what we want, but based upon how he sees them. And I think that in our culture, uh, the idea of dishonor is actually uh, kind of celebrated. I think it's easy. I mean, I remember for me, even as a, as a junior high kid, seeing dishonor celebrated. And I had never ex- experienced that uh, as, as an elementary kid, but I remember going into some of my teen years and seeing the kids that mocked the teachers, that threw things at teachers, kind of like the kids kind of celebrating like you're the cool one. And, and I honestly think we got a little bit of that right now. I think it's very easy to kind of celebrate people that are dishonoring because it's, it's kind of got this look at my agenda, my way. I'm gonna do things my way. And I just wanna invite us to just go, how, how could we grow in being a people of honor? What would it look like in our own lives? Uh, most of us have these cell phones that have this portrait mode. If you have an iPhone, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't have an iPhone, I'm so sorry. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> but uh, one of the things that I learned from the iPhone is that there's this portrait mode where you can have one person in focus. Typically in the selfie, it's me. And then everything else gets blurry. And that's really a picture of what we tend to do with how we post, with how we talk, with how we think, is here's my ideas, and everything else is blurry because here's, here's me. But that's not the Jesus way, and that's not the way of the early church, and that's not the way that Peter and Paul are encouraging. Actually, you have Paul here saying, put others first. Honor one another above yourself. Challenging. But when you have... a a community of people that live that. When you have people that are living in a way that looks different than the culture and you have a people that honestly honor one another, that look at people who are in the lowly position, look at people that are elevated, look at people that are comrades, and on every level, instead of seeing them through their own eyes, they see them through the eyes of Jesus and honor everyone and put everyone above themselves then there's a community that's so attractive that the world goes, I want in on some of that. Everybody wants to be in a place where they're honored. Everybody wants to be in a place where where, 
I can enter in and it's not my rank where I'm applauded. It's because, it's because of Christ. It's because of Jesus. And so your lens is because of him. And the temptation will be, will you honor or will you dishonor? Will you be the one who goes low and serves and honors and lifts up? Or will you need everybody to see you, know you, celebrate you, mm, put me in the middle of portrait mode? One of my favorite movies that I, uh, I, I watched with my sons recently during the middle of quarantine, uh, don't, don't hate me for this, but uh, I, I love the movie Gladiator. And, um, and there's, this, there's two characters that embody, one, dishonor, where it's all about me, Commodus. And he's just trying to get everybody to know him, applaud him, see him. And, and then you got Maximus. And Maximus is the picture of Anna. And Maximus is the one who's honoring his son, his wife, the armies of the north. I mean, the, everyone in Rome and he, his, his emperor, he, 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 he honors, he puts others above himself and Commodus is the one who pushes others. Down. And then, of course, for me, the, my, I believe, you might pick a different moment that's your favorite in the movie. My, my favorite moment is when he, when Maximus looks at Commodus and they're out in the middle of uh, this, the, the, the gladiator moment and thousands of people all around him and he goes, your time of honoring yourself is coming to an end, you know? And I'm just like, oh, you know, like, love that. But here's us. I think for us, we've got, we've got this choice daily and it's, it's in the little tiny way we live our lives, minutes hours where we don't put the spotlight on me, my wants, my needs, but we look at others and honor others. So I invite you to go there and I want to just give you a few ideas on how. How do I become a person that honors instead of dishonor? How do I see people not as just ordinary where I basically ignore them? That's the temptation. Very few of us are at the place where we're like, I'm actually going to belittle or mock people. You know, you're, you're, many of you've, you've matured out of that. You've grown Christian character out of that. You've found freedom. You took that small group. Uh, but, but it's easy to just ignore. It's easy to just treat as ordinary. It's easy to not see. And so how do we get to this place where we actually care, where we actually honor other people? First one is this. I just, I think first idea is this. Honor starts by worshiping God. Like when you get, an, an, when you get a, in your life an honor God reality, this honor is actually your destiny. Like where we're going is we're gonna be honoring God forever and ever. Revelation five, let me just read it to you. It says, then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb, be praised and honor and glory and power forever and ever. So honor is your destiny. You're gonna be someone who honors God forever and ever. And if you start to do that now, then that place inside of you that's seeking honor from other people decreases because I've, wor I, I, I've worshiped, I've honored God. I found identity in God. I can honor God. So now I don't need all these other people to honor me. I've already found identity and I'm a worshiper. So if I don't have that, then I need you to honor me. I need someone else to say, aren't you awesome? But if I've found myself, I'm a worshiper first. You know that song, I'll serve anywhere, that idea. I'll, I, that, I'm okay because I, I'm honoring God and I don't, I, our temptation is to dishonor people because there's not enough space for you to be honored and me to be honored. So I'm gonna dishonor you so that I can be honored. But if you get, I honor God first, 
honor God with my life. Yeah, I think it's step one to not needing everybody to always honor you. And if you need everybody to honor you, then your temptation is to always dishonor other people. But if you honor God first, then you're living a journey. Then you're living a life that's like, hey, I'm celebrating, I'm worshiping God. And there may be some accolades along the way, but that's not what I'm living for. I'm a worshiper. I'll serve anywhere. Just put your glory in me. Second idea is this. Honor sees others. This is the hard one. But this is the way that Jesus lived. Psalm 8.3, I just want you to see the honor in others, the honor that exists even from God for other people. Look at this. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. So God has made people that have honor. Question is, can you see it? Can you see the honor? Can you, can you honor people or do we just honor self? Do we look to other people and let who they are stop us from our own pursuits, our own pleasing self and open up our eyes to see them? Jesus did this. Jesus sees little children and even Matthew 19, even when rebuked, he says, bring the little children to me. He sees them. You with me? So we tend to only see people that can help our agenda. So I'll use people to accomplish my end and they're a means to what I want. I want fame. I want wealth. I want comfort. I want status. Then, I'll, then I see those people. Yet Jesus personifies, I see people because of who they are. And Jesus stops for the blind. Blind Bartimaeus, Mark 10. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And, and Jesus, Jesus stops. Jesus sees the leper, right? Jesus stops. I, I just love all the moments where everything's moving forward and Jesus stops and sees people. One, one, of, one of the funnest ones, I, I, I don't know, maybe this is just creativity to think about it, but I just think about the moment where Jesus is being arrested in the garden and they come from with clubs and swords. And here it is, he's been sweating drops of blood. This is a moment where it'd be tempting to just think about yourself. And that moment where Peter gets up, cuts off Malchus's ear. And Jesus, even in that moment, sees Malchus and heals him. I just think it's amazing. See, here he is about to be arrested and whipped and go to a cross. And even, even in that moment, he can see others stop and pause and be able to see people. And so what would it look like for you and I to go, okay, I wanna see. Because if you could see them, if you could see them even the way that God sees them, that's why I gave you that Psalm 8, that if you could see how God sees them, you'll, you'll treat them differently. Um, I asked my son if I could tell this story. Uh, I, I, I do have his permission. He is the villain in the story. Don't hate the messenger. I do have permission, all right? But uh, so my little girl, Olivia, she had a pink bear that she named Bear when she was a toddler. And so creative name. Uh, and, and Olivia loved Bear. Olivia took Bear when we traveled. Olivia would take, her, take Bear with her wherever she went. Little tiny, or pretty big pink bear uh, not that big, but next to a little girl, seemed big. And so she's got this, this pink bear. Well, when we moved to Kansas City, uh, uh, bear uh, ended up, for whatever reason, in our basement. Uh, and uh, it was just in, in the moving process. 
And unfortunately, there was a moment where my son, in an attempt to help clean the house, threw bear in the trash outside. And uh, only to have the garbage man take bear away, to have little Olivia in tears. And I was thinking about um, Renata would never do that. You know, like, I don't think that Renata, Renata knows Olivia so well. Renata knows that how much Olivia loves Bear. I just don't think that Renata would have ever done that. But old Doss, he's just like trying to help out, throwing bears away, right? <laughs> so in my illustration, Renata sees Bear because Renata sees Liv, right? And Doss don't see Bear because Doss don't see Liv. He does love his sister. It's just an illustration. He'll be fine. He won't need counseling from this, I promise. We're very close. And if you get God's heart where you see like he sees, you see people not according to how they can help you or how they can accomplish your end, but ultimately you see people with a spiritual perspective, an eternal perspective, then, then you'll treat them like royalty. You'll treat them like Renata would treat that bear so well. Why? Not because Renata loved bear, but because Renata loved live, right? And as you grow in that worship of God and seeking of God and seeing how he sees and how Jesus went to a cross for people, then the American way decreases and the Jesus way increases. The stepping on other people to accomplish my goals decreases and the loving and valuing, ascribing worth to others increases. And so I think each one of us can get there if we'll see Jesus, if we can honor, look to Jesus. Here's the simple way. Here's the action item on this one. This is just coming before God and just saying, God, open my eyes to see. Help me see people like you see people. How do we grow in honor? Number one, worship. Number two, ask God to open up your eyes so that you see people how he sees people. And if you'll do that, you'll start to, you'll start to care like he cares. It's different. It's, it's not just the culture that you live in where you just, it's just casual, kind of got that smirky, who cares, whatever. Instead, it's who they are in their pain, in their problem. I'm, I mean, one of my favorite things is to just see when God has put supernatural love inside of somebody for others, and you know there is no benefit that that person has. It is just kingdom. It is just Jesus. No, what I mean is no earthly benefit. It's just the kingdom. All right, next idea is this. Honor encourages the gifts in others. I just wanna go here because I wanna take you to some practical questions on how, how you can actually look at and see beyond surface and see people. And listen to the way Paul talks. First Corinthians 12, a lot of Bible here, but I'm gonna read kind of fast. And this is him talking about spiritual gifts. And I wanna invite you to just see even the gifts that God has in people, all right? So that you can honor their gifts. Look at this. First Corinthians 12, 21. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, though, sorry, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker and indispensable and the parts that we, and, and the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are un, 
uh, representable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. So here's this idea. There's this honoring of the unseen parts, the honoring of the unseen gifts. And the illustration is we often honor what's visible and not what's unseen. And God goes, you need the whole body. Just like all of us are doing more than celebrating hair, teeth, and face, we celebrate heart and brain, baby. Like, let's make sure that we got those, right? Okay? In the, in the, in the body, in the, in the church, our temptation to do the same thing. Celebrate what's seen. And here, Paul's going, that, those hidden gifts, the whole body is honored. The whole body needs to be celebrated. So what does it look like for us to actually have a culture of honor? We worship God. We say, God, help us to see like you see. Open up our eyes to see like you see. Not just our own agenda, but I want God's eyes. And then third, where I can actually see even the gifts and the skills and the talents, the calling of others. I was talking to uh, someone a couple months ago, and he said, so you don't have a, a building, right? And I said, yeah, right, and we got no building yet, but we're believing, we got faith, and God's provided every step of the way, and we got a great place where we're uh, meeting right now. And he said, yeah, but doesn't Tom Blasco go to Radiant Church? And I said, yeah, Tom does. And he goes, man, you got a skyscraper in that man. And I thought, ooh, that's it. Here, here, here's what that says. That says, honor. That says, I value. It speaks life. I was thinking about if we could even, uh, even David, back there was David Zhang. Where you at, David Zhang? David Zhang back there. You guys don't see David Zhang? But David Zhang, since day one, has served in that sound booth back there, making Radiant Church work on every, every single week. Yeah, let's give him a hand, David. Ironically, I still can't see him. There's my son Dawson behind that camera. What's up? Sorry about that. Early, we still good? All right, what's up? Okay, good. All right. Here's a point. Temptation is just to see and celebrate the visible. And here's Paul going, uh, see the unseen. Culture ranks people. Church honors people. Culture says, you go here. So I can get this from you. I'll elevate the people that can elevate me. Church goes, I honor God. I worship and then God help me see like you see. And now I actually have like hidden things that I'm able to see that other people may not see, but I see spiritual gifts inside of you. I see God at work inside of you. I think if we could get this, it would change the culture how we live. It would change our online culture. <laughs> you know, like that's a whole nother sermon, right? And that's a part of who we are. It's a big part. That's not a separate part of who you are. That's a real thing, right? That's a global thing. That's a permanent thing, right? Like that goes up for a long time unless you delete your account. But you hear him saying like, we're, if we, but if we can see that, if we can lock in with these gifts, I love this. Uh, there are some of you that, that you just do this so well. And my, my, just my attempt today is to just champion that, encourage it. We had a... Uh, we had a bunch of friends get together and do a fantasy football draft at Coaches uh, it was about six weeks ago, seven weeks ago, and um, I'm undefeated, by the way, and, uh, uh, and so I just lost all credit with God. I just asked you to honor me there, so sorry about that, and just, this sermon is now bankrupt, but anyway, um, <laughs> and, uh, but we're there, and I just loved uh, 
I, I, Paul Barker, I, I'm there and I had three things that I was focused on. One, the draft. Two, my food. Three, my friends. And the server comes in and, and Paul Barker just is like, sees her and talks to her and asks questions. And, and I just had them, here he is, he's describing worth, describing value. Here, here's the thing. I just want to invite you to just begin to ask, what does it look like for me to have a life that is supernaturally empowered? Not where I blame my personality for why I'm a jerk, but what I, God open up my heart to actually fulfill what it looks like to honor up, honor out, honor down, honor 360, honor up everyone above me. That's Paul. That's what Peter's saying. That's what they're encouraging us to live. And I would say a few things on this. I think one of the ways you could ask is even to begin to look specifically, like how could I break it down? And I think you could look even at the four values of our church, like you've heard them, know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. If you'll turn each, each one of those into a question, it's an easy way to just honor people. So if you'll say, hey, tell me about your journey with Jesus, know God. Or, or maybe, uh, tell me, l- l- let's just talk about, about how did you come to know Christ? What's, your, what's, what's, that, what's that relationship with Jesus like? Opens up conversation. Find freedom. That's, that's where we're trying to have all of us in relationship, where we're really in small groups and we know each other. Another key to someone's heart is their faith. Another key is the people that they love. You lean into friends and family and have conversation about friends and family. It honors them. Temptations talk the whole time, honor self, but honor others. Have a conversation. Tell me about these relationships in your life. Discover purpose. That's about you finding your spiritual gifts. But value, honor, even like Paul talks about here, about the spiritual gifts in other people. So, so that would be the question, what, 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 what has God gifted you to do? What, what do you just enjoy? What are the things that, man, you come alive doing? Our last one, make a difference. That's about ministry, laying your life down. This is about, that's about people's purpose. If you'll ask questions, what do you feel called to do? Like, what if that thing changed? If that one thing changed, you would feel like you made a dent on the planet. If you can even just take, you see these just, I mean, pasted everywhere. No God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. If you can even think of those things as questions on how you could get into uh, someone's heart and keys to then turn their heart and just say, that's a way of honoring, asking questions, sitting with them, talking with them, valuing them, ascribing worth to other people. I know the temptation is portrait mode, attention on me, everybody else is blurry, I got my, me, 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 me. But when you get your focus and honor others, you're actually on the agenda of Christ. You're actually letting Jesus use you and you're lifting up other people. You're honoring other people, honoring everyone, honor others above self. And then I would just say this, honor, it requires faith. Because inherent in the idea of honor is to say, I'm going to use the Jesus way instead of the world system. It's saying, I'm going to honor, I'm going to, I'm going to give my time and my attention to people that can't necessarily help me. That in itself is a statement of, well, I trust God. I have faith in God. I have, God, you will be at work. God, you will take care of me. God, you you're going to supply my needs. It's, 
within it is that idea of faith. It's this, all right, God, you'll have to take care of me. It's a step of faith just by doing it, just by honoring other people. You know what it's like. If you, inv- if you ascribe worth to the people that can help you be wealthy, if you ascribe worth in- to the people that can help you be famous, if you ascribe worth to the... We know that in, this, in, in the US system, that's gonna take up a lot. And if you ascribe worth to honoring everyone, putting others above yourself, it's going a different route than the American way. It's going the route of the Jesus way. And if you can go the Jesus way in America, you can help our nation be pointed to Christ. And so we, the, the best way that you can help our nation right now is to be like Christ, is to point to Jesus, is to honor Jesus with your life. I was thinking about a small group I was a part of when a fall of 97 uh, was in Norman, Oklahoma, went to the University of Oklahoma, um, had a good day yesterday, and four overtimes, victory. Just lost more credit with God, sorry. Um, yeah, and, uh, but, but this guy who I thought was old back then, I mean, I was 20, and um, he was like 35. Uh, <laughs> I thought he was like this old pastor, and uh, I'll never forget, I got in the mail an invitation to come be a part of his small group. And I'd never received like a formal invitation to a small group before. I opened it up. It's this long letter and it said his address. It said uh, the dates of the small group. And then it said, um, uh, if you can't make every date, um, then this isn't for you. And I thought, wow, this is serious. Um, and then he said, if you, if, you, if you can make every single night, uh, it's on Thursday nights, it was an hour drive for me. It was north of Edmond. It was up I-35 a long way. If you can make every single night, check here, and I'm excited to have, uh, have you in the group. And I said, I'll do it. And uh, I had enough respect for this guy that uh, in my world was a very influential leader. And so um, I drove every Thursday night I think it was, you know, nine to 11, I don't know, 12 weeks, something like that. And, um, and here was the content of the small group. We sang a worship song to honor God. And then each night there was however many nights there were, that's how many men were in the small group. But we were all somewhere between 19 and 22. We were all college age. And then what, for the entire time, we would worship, and then we would take a moment where for this, the entire evening, one guy would share his life story, and he would share his journey with God, and he would share about the relationships that have meant much to him, and he would share what he feels like God's gifted him to do, and he would share what God's calling was, what he thought. Some of them didn't know, but for at least an hour, you would listen to someone tell their story. And then at the conclusion, we would pray over that person and pray over their destiny, like pray over what God had called them to do. I'm telling you, I, with anticipation, looked forward to Thursday nights. And here's, uh, and I went every single time and I loved it. To this day, I can only, I mean, I can quote it because it it marked me. And here's, here's what this big leader at the time, old, you know, 
old man, 35, was he was looking at really just a group of college kids and just saying, I'm going to honor. We're going to listen. We're going to pray. And honoring. And every time, we, see, we live in a culture, we live in a culture that doesn't honor down or honor peers very well. We live in a culture where we only honor up because really I want to get a step up. I was at Target a couple weeks ago. I know this is, I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to. I, I was at Target a couple weeks ago and, and I just, I, I, I just, I just, I just heard this parent just yelling at his kids and I just thought, my goodness, man, like, brother, come on. Like, that's not gonna help. Like, you, you, you scream at them like that. You yell at them like that. If you'll honor though, if you'll, if you'll see them and know them and talk with them and care, and you can, you, can, you can still get behavior modification, but you don't have to come at it with that authoritarian, angry tone. And I'm just telling you, if we get this, if we get this in our families, culture of honor, we get this culture of honor in our church, it'll make a difference. I actually had um, someone say to me recently that they were, uh, they thought I talked about my dad too much. I'm gonna cry, sorry. <laughs> sorry, man. Uh, so I talked about my dad too much in sermons. And I thought, what? And they said, yeah, you just, it, 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 this is, you talk too much about your dad. I thought, oh, yeah, okay. And then I thought, you know what? I'm gonna only talk about my dad more. I know that doesn't honor you, but let me tell you what's going on in my heart. Because I was a 12-year-old. <laughs> and nobody, nobody stopped by me. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, I, I was, a, um, I was a kid that sat alone. I was a kid that was by myself. And uh, I'll just never forget when I was lowly, like real low, like four feet tall. <laughs> and uh, I didn't have a friend in the world. You know. Uh, uh, but I had a dad that he ascribed worth and he took time and he listened and he asked questions. He valued. He, he, he bought me a burger. He bought me the clothes I needed. He cared. And in his high position, power alley, 45 years old, top of his game, leading his denomination, Man of God, could have done a whole lot of other things. But Tuesday night after Tuesday night, day after day, he gave value. He listened. And honestly, I know I would not be doing what I do today if I didn't have someone that honored me, listened, cared. It's easy to get in the rat race and just honor whoever can help you get ahead. Maybe God can open up our eyes to see the weak, the hurting, the hidden, and give honor. I was thinking too, you know, Exodus 20 says, honor your mother and father and you'll get a long life. Boom. 
I thought, you can tell me not to talk about my dad, but every time I do, my, my life's getting longer and longer and longer, babies. <laughs> Ain't no chance I'm going to quit on that one. Here's what I want to encourage you with. Romans 5, 8 says, well, we were still sinners. Christ died for us. In your weak, most broken, devastated state, Jesus honored you first. He ascribed value. And though he was rich, he became poor that you might become rich. For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son that whosoever would believeth in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Do you know how much Jesus has done for you? Enables you to say, I can ascribe worth to others. I can lift up others. Just bow your heads with me. Today, if you'd like to say, I want to be a, I want to respond to Jesus. I want to surrender my life. He loved me first. He honored me first. I want to invite you just to say this prayer. This isn't the only thing you say to God, but this is a clear first thing. God, I surrender my life to you. Save me. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for you. For me, I give you my life. Give me a fresh start. In Jesus' name, amen.